0: Pandemonium Reigns. Hello and welcome to Pandemonium Reigns. I'm Dan. He's Mike and he's gorgeous. What up? <laughs> Oh, right back at you, gorgeous. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did you have uh, a good weekend, my dude?
1: Man, that was, Raines. listen, uh, just as far as a home viewing experience, that was the best Saturday of the college football season for me. Uh, Because we were at the Florida game, we were at the Alabama game, as we've noted, and I sat on my Tucas and I watched the Georgia-Florida game, did a little scouting uh, that we'll get into later this week, yeah. and then I watched, uh, I had my eyes on several different games leading up to Tennessee's later kick at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, where they demolished the Kentucky Wildcats, and I took a lot of pleasure in that.
0: I only have one thing that I want to say about this game, and then we can actually end this episode. Okay. Meow. That's all, folks. We'll talk to you next week. That's all I got.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Actually,
0: actually, this game provides a lot. Uh, it provides yes, it a does. Lot. It, it flips a season-long narrative about our past defense right up on top of its head. Um, so let's go ahead and start with the Tennessee defense. Let's do it. And let's talk secondary, because that's the that's the place of conversation. Danico Slaughter, who has been taking some snaps at safety in place of tank Jalen McCullough, steps in at corner and has a day.
1: <laughs> Had himself a big day, man.
0: Stand up, Danico Slaughter. Stand up. Up, well, the real Danico Slaughter please stand up uh, his stat sheets don't jump out to you one tackle, one solo but if I remember right he was responsible for a, a perfectly timed hit on a slant route as they were inside of our red zone uh, in which Jawan Mitchell uh, this ball failed, fell into the hands of Jawan Mitchell right off the Slaughter hit um, and <clears throat> Had a day. I mean, so going into this, no Kamal Haddon, no Christian Charles. This is the return of return of Jalen McCullough, right? Been out mm-hmm. a couple games, and I thought he did well. Agreed.
1: Honestly.
0: Agreed. And uh, and so we roll roll out with <clears throat> Danico Slaughter, and my mind escapes me. Uh, Brandon Turnage, who also yeah. had a good day.
1: He did, he did as well. Who also hey, had a good day. You know day. what?
0: He, he plays his best ball in those black jerseys, is what it is for
1: uh, Brendan Turnage.
0: Something about them <clears throat> black jerseys.
1: He plays his best ball. Yeah. And he had a he had a, a career day against South Carolina last year. Had us thinking that that star nickel position was just where the magic was at for Tennessee's defense. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, some, maybe there's a little bit of truth to that because you do see Wesley Walker and Tamarion McDonald do things at times. Mm-hmm. That could uh, you could see them flourishing in the future, mm-hmm. maybe with more time in Tennessee system or more time under their belts in general. I know Wesley Walker's played a lot of ball, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, man, Brendan Turnage he shows out in those black jerseys.
0: Props to him. Props to that secondary. I mean, yes. they they have been under some scrutiny in the national yes, media. They have amongst the beat writers and and deservingly so when you give mm-hmm. up 450 to Anthony Richardson, when you give up what you did to Bryce Young, when when you're just doing this over and over and over again and you can't get off the field on critical downs. I mean I'm I am screaming at you in Neeland <laughs> Stadium during the Tennessee, Alabama and the Tennessee Florida game saying we can't get off the field on mm-hmm. critical down situations. And it's all because of the secondary. Yeah. Now there is a part of this narrative that we need to mention <clears throat> that involves Another position group, and I believe that impactful position group that is responsible for the play of our Tennessee secondary is the Kentucky offensive line. Oh, man. They're not good. They are not not good. good.
1: They're not good, but the only thing I'll throw back at you on that is that LSU's offensive line performed terrible against Tennessee. You didn't see Jaden Daniels just getting – you know, it wasn't like a ton of sacks, but he was constantly getting chased. He did get mm-hmm. sacked several times, and he still ripped Tennessee for 300 yards. And, again, they were, they were passing. They were trailing. They were going for it, you know, just every time they touched the ball. So, I get that. Mm-hmm. But Kentucky, just woeful from, I mean, every position offensively, most of them defensively, although it could be more coaching there. And, it, heck, it could be coaching offensively. But sure, just mm-hmm. woeful. And props to Tennessee for doing that um, because I, you, you got to think a lot of it's got to be confidence to me. My perception is that a lot of it's got to be confidence and heck we get beat through the air. It's what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, and like you mentioned, they just crushed that narrative. Not even a hundred yards allowed. Mm-hmm. We both have laughed for a long time at Will Levis's pro- projections and things like that. I've seen him throw two and three interceptions at least one. In games he has no business turning the ball over, making decisions that someone that's a veteran like him shouldn't be making. Um, but and and listen, he had a, he had a nice day in Lexington against Kentucky against Tennessee last year, minus the pick mm-hmm. six that he threw. Mm-hmm. But boy, he didn't have very
0: many bright moments on Saturday at all. No, he did not, and I don't know if you know this just by looking at his stats. I'm going to try to put the emphasis on certain things to see if you can kind of pick up what I'm laying down here. So, Will Levis had 16 completions. Man. On 27 pass attempts for 98 Sheesh. (laughs) oh feels like 98 in the house feels like 98 with 27 pass attempts 27 al wilson says hello Yeah. 16 completions peyton manning says hello i'm sorry i'm sorry there's there's absolutely no narrative there there's i'm reading into this (laughs) but the number that really does jump off to me aside from how low his yardage was was that QBR at 16.4. He just didn't have a good day. He just really didn't have a good day. He put some balls up, and as I mentioned to you earlier, I made a post on TikTok, and this guy responds, and he's basically (laughs) blaming the broken hand and the – what else did he say? I don't remember. see if I can find this real quick. Blaming the broken hand. Will Levis with a broken finger and a bloody pink, whatever that is, (laughs) on his throwing hand. So my argument to that is, why isn't Will Will Levis complain about this? Why didn't Mark Stoops say anything about it? Why why is nobody talking about this? Nobody. If that nobody. was the, if that's the argument, nobody's nobody's mentioning it. With that said, props to our secondary. I'm going to give these guys like a B plus to an A minus, possibly even higher, just because yeah. of of you know the the stats that you <laughs> that you left on the stat sheet for for Will Levis. So I, I'll tell you what, I'll bump that I'll bump it up to an A. I mean, just a heck of a performance and makes me real excited going into this Georgia game. It was really encouraging to see um, Willie Martinez, Coach Willie Martinez on the sideline, you know, fist pumping, being excited because, man, that's the first all year. I mean, Akron threw for what, 200 more yards? A lot. Us? Uh, yeah, absolutely.
1: A lot more yards. And, You know, I thought you were going to go the route of how few downfield, not, and I'm not talking deep balls. I'm talking five to 10 plus yard throws that will have us attempted and completed. Yes. I thought that's where you were going.
0: Well, you need to bring that up. You need to bring that up. Let's go ahead and mention that. Yeah. I mean, you're the one that sent that to me. So go ahead and bring that up because that is, that is an incredible stat sheet. And my buddy Chris Schmoos, who should be listening, will, uh, will appreciate the stat. Mike, go ahead and go ahead and throw that one out there.
1: Yeah, and and real quick, nod to Austin Burlage does some fantastic stuff on Twitter. Just some magical CFP, excuse me, CFB breakdowns, and he watches the tape and just churns it out. But here's the numbers of Will Levis's sixteen completions last uh, on Saturday. Only five of them were thrown beyond the line of scrimmage. He completed nine balls at or behind the line of scrimmage. Of those five completions. Just two were thrown at least five yards down the field, which includes one that was thrown exactly six yards down the field. He threw interceptions into cover one, cover two and cover three. Austin went as far as to say, I wonder if they play those coverages in the (laughs) NFL. (laughs) And like, like we talked about, we've laughed and clowned on those projections for a long, long time. Yes. And, and, you know, he may be in some pain from the old Miss game. He may be because it's a long season. He took a beating that day. Yeah. But it was his decision-making and absolutely god-awful decisions combined with a really bad throw mm-hmm. on the Danico Slaughter interception, which was a very nice way of keeping that ball from just rolling all over the ground. He did a magical sure. job of tucking that thing. Mm -hmm. but it was underthrown. Maybe maybe he's limited there health-wise. I'll give him that. I'm not saying he is. I'm saying it's possible. Sure. The decision was not good. Throw that thing out front. You've got all the arm strength in college football. You can do that. Sure. But the decision where he threw the ball directly to Brandon Turnage was terrible. Um, He made some very iffy decisions, throwing behind guys the rest of the night when he was throwing past the line of scrimmage. I mean, he had a night to forget. I mean, I I don't want to be – I don't want to go back Too far, too often, but this was literally Tennessee, like flipping the script from the 2020 game when Kentucky
0: baptized Tennessee. Like, oh, absolutely, that's
1: how bad it was for Kentucky.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, he had a he had a JG kind of day, no doubt.
1: He absolutely did.
0: His his draft stock in my mind absolutely plummeted. You know, he was going into this game, he was a first rounder, sealed, signed, delivered as (laughs) as a as a first round draft pick. A lot of people saying he's number one overall. I don't know how you look at that game film and and still do that however is there a franchise out there that's probably going to do that yeah they're going to say oh my god look at that boy he's 65 he's 240 man look at that. josh hey. allen not you bro he can he and listen he might go on in all seriousness he might go on and get drafted and, and have a heck of have a career you know he, he seems like a good dude so sure you know yeah. personally like i wish him well but uh, vindication from 2020 in my mind you know absolutely
1: yeah vindication and, for all these narratives that we've been given for his stock and everything and you know. for Tennessee's lackluster performances against Kentucky and everyone else, just exercising all, all of the bad and, and one not and over the course of a great season so far. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I did – I listened to Locked On, Wildcats or Kentucky, whatever it was. I found found a couple of <clears throat> podcasts on Kentucky going into last week that I was trying to save save this. But the the common narrative amongst these guys were these Tennessee fans, they just forget that, you know, I they came into Lexington last year, and we still put up 400-something total yards on I mean, you just you they just seem to forget. Yeah, well, we did too. <laughs> yeah, we outdid you.
1: We we scored 45 points in 17 minutes of time possession. I thought it was 14. What are you going to do? I, yeah, I thought it was 14 minutes. No, I look back. It was okay. 17. Okay. Okay. Um, I've okay. seen that in multiple areas. But still, Tennessee barely had the ball for a quarter of a game. That's like That's like half a quarter less than usual, which is yeah. always going to be a loss for Tennessee in that column except for the one – Maybe right. LSU game, weird game where Tennessee won that stat. Yeah. It's meaningless anyway if you're scoring points at the clip that Tennessee is. Absolutely. But yeah, they were so confident. And I, I man, I just don't know where and why that confidence would be there. Even in both teams' eighth game of the season, you're still allowing Jalen Hutt to go up the sideline. You're allowing a linebacker to be a guy that's matched up over him. Safety's not realizing at all where to be i don't know how tennessee does this at this point of an sec schedule or a football season anywhere mm-hmm. i just don't know how they do it um but they were so confident and it didn't make sense to me because there weren't even trying to look from the farthest i could get from a tennessee bias mm-hmm. I-, I couldn't find many matchups to like you talk about rodriguez tennessee's defended their run well you talk about levis well you know how we felt about Levis and and listen, I thought he would have at least double what he had, if not triple. Oh, absolutely. But there just weren't many matchups to like Tennessee's offensive line has, has performed so well. Kentucky's offensive line has been terrible and it showed. I mean, yeah, I don't know outside of the secondary and Kentucky's receivers, what matchups you thought you would
0: win. Right. Right. No, I, I, I shoot I don't know and I'll, I'll tell you this though I was I got a little worried there for a second and uh, one of their first or second possessions where they just kind of marched down the field turning around heading yeah. into Rodriguez his that dude that dude is thick and his ability to cut back is is just next level that dude, is. that dude should play a long time in the NFL yeah uh, for a halfback but my take here, and I put this on our TikTok, is that Levis' stock has, has dropped. It, it has to. It has. Yeah. It absolutely has to. But again, there's a franchise out there who's going to do that. Shifting Certainly. down from our secondary to our linebackers, we play the run really well. However, so far on the year, I would say that consistently, well, hang on. Maybe consistent is not the right word. There was a time there kind of like i've already mentioned where they were just turning around and handing it to rodriguez and this dude's ability to cut back was i'm like oh god this is going to be this crap all night it kind of mm-hmm. for a second there it felt like 04 auburn yeah in, absolutely in knoxville going oh gosh here we go and um we kind of just bounced back we're like all right okay y'all can run we can stop <laughs> that though so so watch this and i think this is this just goes to show you that Yes, yes, Kentucky can run well. They've got a, an NFL quarterback. They've got they've got talent at the receiver position. Not experienced talent, but they got talent. Yeah, uh, and a terrible offensive line. Um, <clears throat> crap. Where was I going with this? Uh, but our still, I mean, our ability to I totally forgot where I was going with this. So <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, so our ability just to 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 stop the run and to uh and to keep that in check. Just I mean. My goodness, yeah. My uh, my, my, our we our, our run fits continue to be incredible, and that's probably one of the better running games that we're gonna see on the year. Georgia can run, but they're not doing it quite as well. Yeah, as they have been.
1: Absolutely, this is probably, you know, not not considering maybe 2016. This is probably Kirby's worst running team, and it doesn't quite make sense. And it's also not bad. I'm just saying how it stacks up to other years, whether it's the running backs that they've had or the offensive linemen that they've had or both. Yeah. It just isn't It isn't that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they've only had a couple of either, either close games or what's going mm-hmm. on games. We talked about Kent State. We talked about Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of those games, Stetson Bennett has played well enough to to allow them not hardly to break a sweat. You know, that third sure. quarter was weird against Florida, and turnovers will certainly do that. Um, but, yeah, Stetson has carried – Plenty of the, plenty of the load, whether it's Lad McConkey receiving those, we know the tight ends. Everyone has to know those tight ends: Darnell Washington, Brock Bowers, and just ridiculous talent behind them that doesn't even get an opportunity yet. Yes, but the way that Tennessee's defended the run, listen, listen to this. I think I know where you're going. Actually, uh, we were we were trickling down from the secondary to the linebackers. I, th- I believe.
0: Mm-hmm. I remember three of the to finish.
1: Three of your top four tacklers for Tennessee. Are your linebackers? Jawan Mitchell having probably his best game in a Tennessee uniform that I can think of. Uh, Jeremy Banks with six tackles, Beasley with five. Caleb Perry, a freaking freshman mm-hmm. with four in an SEC game in October, which is when, when the, when, seriously, when the rubber meets the road. He almost blocked a punt. He arguably should have. He definitely affected the punt. Um, these young guys, man, are out there. You see Elijah Herring a lot. I think. Him, and he and Perry both are going to be great players for Tennessee. But yes. if I'm looking at these linebackers, I can't possibly go below A minus or B plus because they didn't get burned in the pass game. They were sure. just still excellent. You know, as the game progressed against the run, mm-hmm. and they were productive as as they've been all year.
0: Yeah, I, n- I remember what I was going to mm-hmm. say now. So so, Kentucky's strength on the offensive side, obviously, at least this night, was turning around and and, and handing it off, and they wanted to play this time of possession chew the clock we can't score or they can't score if they don't have the ball sort of thing well you could argue by 11 minutes left in the second quarter when we made it a 20 to six game that we had taken them out of their game plan yep it was definitely a done deal with 22 seconds left in the half when Jalen Hyatt scored from 31 yards out and made it a 27 to six point game so I think that had a lot to do it and that would do with it. And that probably had a lot to do with Well Levis, where he's maybe, maybe the thoughts are shifting in his mind at this point, going, Well crap, this game is now on me. Yeah. And it just it just didn't bode well. Um, but you know what? Like as you were saying with with our linebacker talent, with all those guys that you named, that position has gone from preseason question mark to and there was even, like, a time or an episode or two there where you and I were both going, it might not even be a question mark. It might be like an uh-oh, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it's going to – this is one of the strengths, actually, in, in, yeah. on, on, on the defensive side. Jeremy Banks is a – I would still I, – I, <laughs> I haven't said this on the pod yet, and I've been, I've been meaning to mention this to you. I wish – don't get me wrong, I've, I've loved him as a linebacker, but I do wish he could have figured out the fumble thing. Yeah, because man. Can you imagine turning around and handing it off to this guy?
1: He was he was fierce as a just young pup freshman. And, you know, yeah, he had the fumbling issues. Um, he was fierce and as as ferocious as he is going and getting the ball carrier or the receiver mm-hmm. or whoever, yeah. Boy, I would love to have seen that if he could have figured that out. Um, I, I do think he's a fine college football linebacker he'll probably you know if he gets an opportunity in the pros which gosh I hope he does he'll probably struggle with the past nature I think the same could be said for Beasley's play to this point of his career Um, I'm hoping that it works well for them but the past nature of the NFL could present challenges at the same time you could definitely see them in scenarios you know depending on the down and distance and things like that
0: I'm going to throw a name at you that might make you feel a little bit better about what you just said regarding Jeremy Banks and defending the pass. Okay. A.J. Johnson. Hey, that's – you're right. Fantastic point because
1: A.J. Johnson came from a point where his career, which was very good against the run and very iffy and kind of slow against the pass, and then getting in – getting the worst allegation outside of murder that you could get made against you and turn it into a a very fine – Short NFL career, but he was an older player by the time he got cleared and got back in football shape. And I think he has now suffered an injury that has kind of helped him stay a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah. for for a few years there, he was he was excellent with the Broncos. And Absolutely. And, man, I would love, love, love to see Jeremy Banks or Aaron Beasley or both, even Juwan Mitchell, get into that role as much as they can. That would be awesome to see.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I continue to get excited about Aaron Beasley. Um, I'm loving Jeremy Banks. It's, I feel like Jeremy Banks just had a good night. I didn't, I didn't, I don't remember looking at him at any point in the time going, Hey, you need to calm down. You need to chill out. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully he's maturing there. So please, I agree. please, with linebackers. I, I mean, this whole defensive side of the ball, obviously, I mean, we held them to six points. They didn't, they didn't score in the second, third, or fourth quarter. So obviously, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, remarkable. I'm feeling pretty good about this.
1: And one, one more thing for me, um, to to your point, and we had this conversation in text and stuff uh, about Kentucky getting away from their game plan and holding on to the ball. Yeah. That interception when Danico Slaughter just absolutely murdered Dane and Jawan mm-hmm. Mitchell took it back 48 yards, it looks like. Mm-hmm. That is the point where it really flipped for them because they were on the verge of scoring and yeah. keeping it a close game. Who knows what happens? Obviously, they didn't hardly even threaten until later in the game to score again. But, you know, it just makes things different. If they're able to still know that they can chew clock, they can run the ball, maybe it continues to work. I don't necessarily think that it would have over the – over four quarters of the game, but that really, really put a strain on them sticking with that game plan.
0: Didn't it feel like that, that play almost broke them?
1: It did, which is um, which is did.
0: which is crazy because we ended up punting on that ensuing drive. Like we didn't even yeah. we didn't even turn that turnover into points. But it's like they never recovered. Yeah, yeah, and
1: that and that really worries me. For if I am looking at Levis's pro potential, um, you got to be able to bounce back and forget about a mistake or a bad break. You got to be able to just get past it quickly. Yeah, um, and and I know they got crushed. I know it was a a big loss. Um, but his body language and kind of the way he was talking after the game, I mean, yeah to me, it almost felt like he was on the verge of tears. That won't, that won't travel well. That won't bode well at the yeah. next level. <laughs> you know, kind of like we talked about Spencer Rattler coming in where he lost his job in the Big 12 against those defenses. Yeah, Levis has done better than Spencer Rattler has at times, and he has earned some of that, uh, those projections. But everything is only going to get faster and more difficult from here. So I don't yeah.
0: see that from him not to – continue to beat that dead horse agreed 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 well let's make our way down to the defensive line and i'm gonna throw a name out to you and i just want you to just tell me where you're at on this guy because he he made a play and from this point of him making this play i kind of couldn't stop watching him john terry
1: i f- had a feeling that was going to be the name and This is what I like about how Tennessee's handled the transfer. Not to go on a rant before I answer the question, but he's been an impact guy this season. He's added very valuable depth this season. Yes. Um, You're finally seeing that from Juwan Mitchell, though it took longer than we wanted it to. You're seeing that from Juwan Mitchell. Mm -hmm. You got instant production out of a guy like Javante Payton a year ago. You're getting it from Drew McCoy this year though Tennessee may not be adding transfer numbers just in droves like other teams are, why did they not add this guy? Why did they not pursue this guy? Yeah. The guys they're pursuing by and large are really making an impact, whether it's a former five-star or a former guy that went to Kansas, like dejon Terry. And I'm sure at
0: Kansas. It, I was trying to remember yeah. where he came from. Yes.
1: Yeah. And it, it's amazing because in this game, a common theme was if Kentucky's running, Tennessee was getting some pressure up the middle as the game progressed. Uh there early, they weren't as much, but as the game progressed, he was really, you know, he or his uh, you know, his cohorts there in the uh, D tackle region, the middle of that defensive line were getting a lot of pressure, mm-hmm. causing some chaos up the middle. Mm-hmm. And then on that sack, you know, that made me just really happy for him because I was like, man, if he, if he could just add some more confidence, I mean, he's he's gonna be playing at a really high level. That and the way that the linebackers, I meant to say this a moment ago, but the way that the, you know, you're getting it from everybody almost on that defensive line and that, on that front. It makes me wonder if those, those two areas, and mm-hmm. listen, the defensive line's been amazing this year compared to what we thought they might be. Yes. But it makes me wonder if they can't kind of continue to be like the offensive line has been this year, where we had questions, we had concerns. Yeah. And at least against the run, definitively for the def- the defensive line what they've done is amazing but the linebackers against the run they've been much better than they have at times absolutely previous seasons if if they can continue to make strides like that I mean the sky's going to be the limit for this program which you know all, all, we thought we were going to be an offensive team we thought last year could be more normal yeah. and it's definitely not been the norm yeah there's been games where defense has gotten burned but we didn't have hardly any games to hang our hats on defensively last year. I'm telling you, opponent. I'm telling you.
0: Hashtag pay Rodnick Garner. Hello. Pay that man. Pay that man. So I mean, defensive line production—it's <clears throat> by committee, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We're rotating a lot of bodies, and I was just thinking about this as you were talking. Like, and I, I can't think of the last time, honestly, that we were able to do something like this. I'm just going to throw this out to you, and you just All okay, right. just and see if you can recall. Okay. okay so Dejon terry 64321 omari thomas 64320 and those are the guys those are the basically starting tackles correct yeah unless i'm getting i know correct garland has been getting a uh, pretty significant amount of time well he stands at 63310 okay and then you've got <laughs> poor elijah simmons who I don't know how he gets his helmet on and off, <laughs> dude. The poor guy, six two three forty. I saw him get some snaps the other night. I think he accounted for a tackle as well. But you know, I you know, Eason's getting a lot of playing time. He's coming in at six three three hundred. Those those tackles are massive. They're big, yeah. And and I'm watching I'm watching Dejounteary just win and I'm oh, sorry, and sorry I should give this to credit to Amaria as well. They're just winning at the point of attack, you know. there's we caught a lot of slants, and I think we did this just because of of Chris Rodriguez. And sometimes you'll you'll notice that the the, the slant call uh, basically ate us up because of his ability to cut back. Yeah. But there were a couple occasions there where we slanted into uh, the play side and. We just, we just like so. And as an offensive lineman, <clears throat> if if, you, if you're watching on YouTube, or uh, if you're listening on podcasts, I should say, if, if you're listening, I, I don't know what to tell you. So, a reach block, they want to get their hands on, they want to extend you to, to play side, they want to continue to push you out. And Dijon and Omari were beating the reach and, and meeting Chris Rodriguez in the backfield. And, dude, that's just how you went. I, I I'm I'm gonna hate myself for saying this. Okay, I'm gonna hate <laughs> myself for saying this. I hate myself already. But it's stuff like that. How you win SEC championships and national championships. It's it's just the stuff like that. Where under Pruitt and even under Butch. I mean, under Butch, I can think about shy Tuttle, who was pretty good at that. But outside of that, nope. I mean, no. nope. Nobody. Nope. Not, no. Not, not Khalil McKenzie. N- nobody. Mm. Nobody. No. And definitely not under Pruitt. So I mean, when you can when you can beat guys like that at the point of the attack, man, you're you're doing something dang well, which gets me really excited for this Georgia game, but I don't need to get a head start. Uh Byron Young, he accounted for a second half. Uh dude, he
1: was he was shot out of a cannon on whether he got home or not, he was just whipping whoever he lined up against. Just so fast off the snap. I mean remarkable sorry had to jump in on no Byron, you're good just you're
0: good. had himself a day man i can see him and this this list I'm, I'm not making a comparison but i think this is his potential so i want to be very careful and i want to make sure our, our my listeners are not saying oh my god listen to what dad said he's <laughs> an idiot pandemonium raids are stupid <laughs> i can see his potential being like that of a tj watt or of a um Let's see if I can think of it. like a Harold Landry for the Titans, yeah. an outside linebacker who, in a three four scheme, his job is to pass rush. Mm-hmm. That's his job. His hand sometimes in the dirt, sometimes he's standing up. I mean, he comes in at 6'3, 245. So he's not probably not going to play defensive end in the NFL. Probably not. It's probably going to be, you know, some kind of three four outside linebacker thing. And I think, I think you might see him go third, fourth, fifth round. I, I think you could see him as early as the third. I, I really, really do. The way, like you're saying, he's being shot out of a cannon. His hands are so violent. His, yeah. his, his first step is so quick. He has a motor. And I, I will say it's probably helping him a lot that we're rot- rotating a lot of bodies. So when he's in, like he's fresh, which is says, so yeah. different than your point with 2021 last year where we just weren't able to do this. Yeah. We're, we're just rotating a lot more bodies. So, sure. I think, I think he's making some money, making a name for oh, himself.
1: Completely agree. He'll, it'll be like uh that, that, you know, just stupid situation with the NFL where they, they don't love an older player. The NBA does it too. I'm not going to say it on the NFL, but they don't love your older players. You know, it'll impact, it could impact Hendon Hooker's draft stock and where he goes, but whoever, <laughs> if they, if they allow him to fall, they're going to get a lot of value if they have the right scheme and they use him the right way.
0: Uh, absolutely. For sure. For sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, I might be getting me a Byron Young jersey if he gets drafted. I know I'm. Listen, if uh, you know, I've said this already. There was a mock draft. I know I'm jumping the gun here, but there was a mock draft. <laughs> where they had Hen and Hooker going to the Bucks, and I'm just telling you, I'm all Tampa Bay at that point. All Tampa Bay at that point. Forget like,
1: everyone else.
0: So I, let, let's end this defensive side with a um, hashtag #PayRodney, and 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 just just real quick before we transition as well, man. Just an applause to. Martinez and that secondary, just one more time for saying, you know what? Screw y'all. We can play like, watch this. Yeah. And, and maybe, you know, okay. So talking to several Alabama fans over the years, they've been saying for a while now, our defense is just not what it used to be. It's just not what, well, you're scoring a lot faster than what you used to. I mean, yes, you used to be turn around, Hand it off, turn around. I mean, this is what you did with Derrick Henry. This is what you did with Eddie Lacy, and 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 so the time of possession was completely flipped upon his head. When two was like, "Oh, we're gonna throw it around. Awesome, fun." Yeah, is that our case? I mean, is it because we're we're scoring so much? I mean,
1: it's- yeah, I mean we're 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 dictating what teams have to try to do. I mean, and on top of that, the if 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 I'm following you. The secondary, you know, got hit as hard with injuries, transfers, just you name it. I mean, Good talent point. in the building, Good point. You, you just name it. And one thing that I'll add, yeah, Kentucky's offensive line was bad. Will Levis made some very poor decisions that we've already highlighted and we've talked about is what we think of him. But Kentucky has some speed at receiver. Maybe even do, better yes. than, than teams that have burned Tennessee. Certainly better than like a Florida. Florida's receivers are, by and large, not fast guys. Yeah, they can they can run they're routes big. to beat you. They're big. Yeah. They have more of your power forwards and your centers, and Kentucky's got more of your combo guys. They've got some taller guys, but they've they have got some fast guys. True. Now, they may be their younger guys, Barry on Brown's a burner. Dane Key's going to be a really good receiver there. I mean, he's the one that got plowed by Danico Slaughter. Right. But still, even, the, even despite Tennessee's woes against the pass, it has still been just a ton of intermediate stuff. It's not been consistently and and even really by any sense of the word over the top, they're not getting, you know, bombs thrown on them. I mean, it's, it's just, it's weird. And I do think it boils down to the number of reps, the number of plays and the time of possession that teams are, uh, you know, they're given when they play Tennessee because of the speed that we use, how Mm -hmm. easily and quickly we score. I, I think it's just a perfect storm this year. I'll be really interested to have my eyes on that for the the years to come, mm-hmm. but for this year, I think it's just a continuance, a continuation of the talent in the room, the tr- the bodies that they lost, you name it. Um, we're I mean, Tennessee's offense. If it, I don't, I don't think the level they're at right now is sustainable over the long haul after and mm-hmm. Hooker, whether Joe Milton's good or not. But this offense is special. They're mm-hmm. not wasting any time scoring, but. You know, this defense, that's a, that is a huge challenge for them. But I, it seems like they're building confidence, which just doesn't seem feasible to me.
0: Oh, and you and I said for at least two weeks there that we are who we are. It is what it is.
1: Yeah, we did. We sure and,
0: did. And we owed the Tennessee secondary an apology.
1: <laughs> 100%.
0: We were wrong. So, hey, <laughs> just like punters are considered offensive players, something that we have not done a good job of is talking about punt return and D Williams. His time is coming. He is going to find the end zone at some point. I mean, yes, he is. I think he fielded this one at the negative forty-five, maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit deeper than that, and housed it back to their eleven. And once that happened, now you just kind of saw, that, <laughs> yeah. that, that Kentucky, that whole sideline just. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: he is now. He's a little risky. We've talked about it at times, if not on the pod, you and I. He's yeah. a little risky. But dude is fearless, and that's a good thing at yeah. times. He may, yeah. he may cost you one here and there. It may happen. But he's fearless. He's electric. I mean, he's going to get one. He's already impacted games in a massive way against LSU, against Kentucky. I'm yes. sure he's got other ones that I'm not even thinking of. And that is going to be a massive weapon, whether it's the remaining games outside of Georgia, whether it's a bowl game. If Tennessee makes it to Atlanta, he's going to be a weapon any time that Tennessee can force a punt.
0: If he can get one of those against Georgia, and I'm not even saying how, just just put us in the red zone or on the 25 or 30 or something. I mean, you're, you're setting us up for some serious success in that game because that game might come down to either who has the ball last or who can just score the most or mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Because I'm real – as we're talking about Tennessee secondary, I just don't know what we're going to do with Brock Bowers.
1: I agree. I agree completely. Um yeah. You know, I'm. In, I'm encouraged with not again not giving up the deep ball, but AD Mitchell, man, it seems like he could be back. Lad McConkey is a good technical route runner, and yep. those are the things that it's been the intermediate routes, the digs, yep. the you know those things have have been what's killed Tennessee. So if Georgia utilizes those things correctly, they probably won't have much trouble scoring unless the defense took a just ginormous step last week.
0: Yep, absolutely. Hey, we're getting ready to switch to office, but, uh, offense, but I want to just holler out some Kentucky offensive numbers real quick before we go. Obviously, we, we talked about Will Levis and his numbers. Chris Rodre- re- wow, Rodriguez, um, yeah. 15 carries, 64 yards, good for 4.3 per carry and a score with a long of 16. You know what? If, if, if that game didn't get out of hand when it did, he would have been a factor. He, Absolutely. I was fully expecting him to have 30 to 35 touches in this game, but just because they had to change their game plan, you know, it didn't happen. Wright had eight carries for 33 yards, 4.1 yards a carry. McLean had four for 20. Beckwith, former Tennessee volunteer, had three carries for 13 yards, but I believe his time was all in garbage time. Anyway, it was. They totaled just a little over 100 yards, 36 total carries for 107 yards. Again, they passed through the air for. 98 yards they were good on third down two for 13. <laughs> we got hey
1: man they got every stop that you've been asking for all season long I hope they didn't get all of them I hope they have some left in the tank I'm but they got you. it every time just about I, Saturday
0: I just want every Tennessee defensive player to hear hear me say I am sorry so <laughs> uh any other significant numbers here other than him throwing three picks <laughs>
1: Deep, uh, Will Levis, who is a can run the ball, had a long run of one yard.
0: There you go. Hey, uh, here's to hoping like somebody like the Patriots take him. I'm here for it. Absolutely. So, somebody that I can root against. All right, let's switch over and talk Tennessee offense. All right. So usually we kind of work our way uh start out and work our way in. I want to do this a little bit differently this time because man, I was just so pleased with and happy is what I really should say is for a dude named Jabari Small who twenty one carries seventy eight yards, who just turned it out, man. I mean, if he's if he was dealing with this 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 pesky shoulder injury, didn't really seem to show signs of it. So mm-hmm. to him. But I'm telling you, there's a dude behind him who has been behind him who, if he can figure out this this ball security thing, he's he's legit.
1: He is legit. He is running very hard. I got some good news for you. You want to know what that good news is? Bring it on me. They're both going to be there next year. Both of them. (laughs) Yeah. They will not lose a single soul from the running back room unless someone decides to transfer. And if they decide to transfer out of that running back room, That's a bad sign for them Um, unless there's just something that we don't know and can't see. But, man, Jalen Wright's running well. It's been a a little bit now since he fumbled. He did have a – apparently Bama fans and those that hate us are confused why the whistle was blown early because Jalen Wright put the ball on the ground against Alabama. To me, it looked like that play was already going backwards, whatever, um, he he's cleaning it up as he goes. I would certainly love to see no additional fumbles for the rest of the season. But he, dude, he he got seven rushes Saturday. And he was like, he he ran every time. Like, I don't have many more left in me. I'm going I'm <laughs> to make it
0: count. Yeah. I'm going to make it count. Yeah, yeah. Hey, if these Alabama fans got something to whine about, then I would like to reference them to the Music City Bowl 2021.
1: Yes, I would also – uh, a couple plays in there that were very questionable. I'd also point them to the Texas A&M game 2022. Uh, why are we beating a dead horse here? We know what it is. <laughs> there were calls both ways. It's fine. But yes, the running backs, Jalen's, I was super happy for Jabari Small. Yes. Very, very pleased with Jalen Wright, man. He just, he didn't want to go down on Saturday, dude. He was, he was fierce. Yeah.
0: The only guy who Jabari Small and Jalen Wright should be looking out for who might be, taking their job is dill uh, excuse me princeton fan <laughs> <laughs> dude he
1: is like he, i know you're not as big of a fantasy football fan as me but he is if you're if this was the nfl and you're a fantasy football owner of jabari smaller jalen wright you would absolutely hate princeton fan dude we mm-hmm. get it inside the three inside the five mm-hmm. it's going to him he's getting in the end zone yeah it, it's like a given the offensive line and the the schemes that they're using the what the the design of the plays that they yeah. got Prince Defant in on are beautiful. Credit to him for bouncing that run against UT Martin. That was nice. Yeah, but out, I mean, they're just creating beautiful, beautiful lanes for him to run through. He's 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 running the ball so well. I mean, he looks like a natural, and I know he kind of he I'm, I know he played that position in high school. Some it's been a long time now because he's, he's a veteran. That yeah. But yeah, he's he's a fantasy owner's worst nightmare if you have Jabari Small or Jalen Rock because he's going to leach some touchdowns, and he's yep. doing a fantastic job of being very efficient at that for Tennessee.
0: Yep, yep. So, I, speaking of Jabari Small, I just want to recall our off-season projections <laughs> on him. All right, we're, we're going to have to do the same thing with Jalen High here, even though <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we're funny. So, Jabari Small, and who knew at this point, right? Had you had told us going into offseason how you're going to be 8-0, I'd have been like, I don't care who has what stat. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't Doesn't care. matter. Doesn't okay. matter. And I would have – And I, if you had said, hey, these receiving numbers, here are the here are the receiving numbers. I'm going to be like, oh, my gosh, Tillman is going off. <laughs> Tillman's going to be a first-rounder, top-ten pick. It's Jalen hot, boys. Anyway, so Jabari Small, you said 150 carries, 825 yards. I said 170 carries, 1,050 yards. He is at 110 carries <laughs> for 475 yards. It is running back by. It's not even, I'm not going to say committee. I'm going to say by duo, by by pair. Duo, it, there you it go. It is Jabari Small yeah. and it is Jalen Wright. So he does have eight scores on the year. But man, I just I, I was just this was one of those games. I was just really happy for them where. You know, we were we were really balanced. We we ran it forty times. We passed it twenty five. You know, good stuff, man. I'm just I'm, yeah. just I'm just really happy for those guys. And even Hooker, you know, got him one as well in the end yeah. zone, which is which should bode well for him in this Heisman race, right? That he is absolutely crazy to say, right? Crazy to be like, okay, I know I'm I'm getting off rabbit trail here, but bro, we no, are, you're good. We are talking about. Can you oh my gosh had you had said this in the offseason, season hey you had said all right you're going to be 8-0 and and after being 8-0 even if you lose if you and you go 11 and 1 we'd be like oh my god 11 and 1 what yeah <laughs> that you that you still got a shot at the playoffs what playoffs what yeah playoffs <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then and then you're going to have a Heisman a, a guy leading the Heisman race by week 9 and you're you're going to have a serious a, a potential award winner. Now you know what I'm talking about because oh, yeah. several times on Saturday night we were like, "There it is again, Heisman to Belitnikov." Right? Yep. And you know what? And and something we're going to get there in just a second. But another name that we need to throw out for a potential award winner, and I don't even know what the name of the award winner is, but Donnell Wright has achieved another um, player of the week inside of the SEC offensive lineman of the week. So what is I that mean,
1: Outland Trophy? Yeah, um, Remington yeah, as the yeah, center. Yeah, yeah, Outland. yeah Outland.
0: Outland. So, I mean, his, his name is going to be thrown in there for
1: sure. He's making as much money or more than anyone not named Hendon Hooker and anyone not on that defensive absolutely. line.
0: Absolutely. He is making a case for first round.
1: Yes, he absolutely is. Period. Again, I want to come back to when the offensive line said that their goal was the Joe Moore Award, best offensive line in the nation. I was like, and we talked all year, and all the whole time we've had this podcast, offensive line worries us. Can we keep Hendon clean? Two sacks allowed against Kentucky. He's not been sacked nearly as much as he was sacked last year. At this point, not even. Close. He actually, he actually is responsible for one of those sacks on Saturday night, and uh, he held the ball. He could have ran. He didn't. Yep. He could have thrown it away. He didn't. Yep. It's fine. He yeah. he's safe and healthy, so it's fine. Yeah. But again, when they said that, I was like, boy, that's a lofty goal. You know, like when Hinden came back, let's go to Atlanta. Lord, that's a lofty goal, man. Yeah. We could, pff, we could be anywhere from like third, fourth you know in the east yeah. second would be great but yeah. atlanta oh my god right, right. they I believe mean. in those goals it's it's one thing to have them and you want to have them they believe in those goals and they're making strong
0: strong cases for those goals so i get the privilege of doing the pregame talk for the chessey high school every every week and coach conley always gives me a chance anytime during the week to say things and I always tell these guys, I said, there's, there's two, two competitors, two opponents that are, are the hardest to beat. The first guy that is the hardest to beat is the guy that's confident. The second guy that it's really, that's hardest to beat is the guy that doesn't quit. And we're both of those right now.
1: We're, we are both those guys right now.
0: And the, the confidence that we're playing with, the chemistry that we're playing with, the, the, the grit, you know, I mean – in years past, we'd have found ways to lose that Florida game. We, I mean, anyway, anyway, yeah, so, no, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we this started with us talking about the backfield.
1: <laughs> Boy, did we go down
0: a rabbit trail. Yeah, right. Hey, we, you made a point, and I want, I want to, I want to make, uh, come back. Uh, piggyback off this point and then then work our way outside you said that both these guys are coming back next year in small and in right which is you know super encouraging very excited for those and if if they transfer out they're kind of idiots or you know whatever the case may be you know who's going to be pushing for the job i I, i'm if, if there is time or snaps cut into their count right it better be because somebody like a not a not a dylan sampson Who I I don't think is in every I think he can be in every down back yeah I just don't think we're gonna use him that way yeah it better be because like a Justin Williams Thomas who has that frame and that top end speed and who has all those things who has who has figured it out like he he understands this offense yeah and because he's he's gonna be if he can figure if he can get it between the ears right
1: yeah pass pro get his body right he's he's take the beating
0: he's a thousand yard back.
1: Oh, 100%. 100%. Doesn't
0: hurt back. All right, so we go from Jabari Small, Jalen Wright, and that backfield to the edge where <laughs> Jalen Hyatt continues to make his case for the Bolitnikoff, and some people have him on the Heisman list. <laughs>
1: oh, my gosh, dude. Going is, back to that, if you had told us this, then wow. Right?
0: So he's at, what, 14 touchdowns on the year? Is that right? He is.
1: new, New single-season program record. And with a <laughs> listen, with an average game for his season, he'll hit a thousand yards this week against Georgia in his ninth game of the season.
0: It's crazy, which is so. I'm, I'm going to throw some serious shade to Kentucky people right now. And we do have po- a, po- one potential Kentucky listener out there, possibly. Okay. All right. Jalen Hyatt's 14 receiving touchdowns is one more than Will Levis's total passing touchdowns on the year. <laughs> He's at 13. <laughs> oh, God. The same can be said for a lot of teams. It's, oh, it's absolutely. Him, but, absolutely. But
1: absolutely, I want, I want Kentucky to hear that and think about those projections one more time.
0: One more time, please. Brew McCoy catches a quiet six catches, 54 yards. I just don't know – Especially with the return of Tillman, who was four for twenty-two, you know, when when we line up in three wide, right? Mm-hmm. And you're a secondary player, you're like, oh well, can you, you just guys? You guys want to go ahead and go? I mean, <laughs> you, you, uh, I don't know how we're going to do this. I, I mean, I cannot think. I think the the closest thing that I've come to in recent memory is an Alabama team where they had Judy, Waddle and Smith, you know, yeah, now, Smith, fantastic receiver, right? Oh I yeah. Mean, oh, yeah. Waddle, fantastic. Judy, incredible route runner. Those guys are Rugs obviously, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. so but. I'm talking about the intimidation factor here, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where Tillman stands at 6'3", <laughs> 215, where McCoy stands at 6'3", 220, and Hyatt is only at 6'180, but if you mm. blink, he's by you. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, I'm just going, what do you do? What do you do? Can you imagine – and 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 I've been wanting to say this to you as well because I think it's a hidden blessing that Tillman got hurt.
1: Yes, since it's not anything long term. Yeah, since yeah. Tennessee, you know, handled it well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Uh, where a Jalen Hyatt was actually able to step up the way it was because we saw in the pit game Hooker was looking for Tillman. He oh, was, yeah, he wouldn't know where he was. So now, as we go into this Georgia game, Tillman's back. You know, round two since his since his return. I get it. That Georgia secondary is loaded. Malachi, sure. Starks, all those dudes. But I'm, I'm telling you, I, I one look at this receiving core, and you're like, oh, oh God. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah. So, anyway, um, as you said, Hyatt uh, is at 907 yards. Maybe he can hit that 1,000-yard mark come Saturday. He put two more in the end zone, and Small got him a receiving touchdown as well. I just, I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you talk about this receiving core every week? The way that they have performed with with Hyatt leading the way, and and Hyatt is not getting enough recommendation or excuse me conversation in the way that we were talking about Ramel Keaton. Hey, dude, props to you for staying. Oh man, toughing it out, and 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 saying to the public that it's your fault. You weren't the one working, and now Jalen Hyatt is in this conversation saying, you know what, I didn't last year, you know, whatever, and look what this dude is doing. And I just don't know how you're not a four-star and five-star receiver looking at this going,
1: I want to – Write my to, name on the dotted line.
0: I want to go to Knoxville. Yeah. Like, I, I, I want to go to Knoxville. I just don't know why, you know, we don't have 13 receivers committed this far. <laughs> anyway, I, any other comments there on that receiving group?
1: I, I just want to talk about height. Um, one One other thing every down to every ounce of energy and motion that he makes on a route blocking. Sure. But on a route, it's so intentional. He knows what to do and how to do it. And he's got the speed of, I mean, he's, he's just one of the fastest players in the conference in the nation, Mm -hmm. but specifically his second touchdown um, Saturday, night, Kentucky lost him. We know when I watched that, when I saw that play, Excuse me. I was like, man, he must have just blazed off the line of scrimmage. It must have just got lost, dude. No, he delays his release. He set he set Kentucky up for that because Tillman or whoever was outside breaks to, breaks towards the, over the middle, mm-hmm. and you know the, again the linebackers kind of looking at Hyatt, thinking he's got somebody behind him. I'm sure, mm-hmm. and Hyatt's like, no, you don't. And if he if he is, it don't matter. He Bye. was so far inside with the with the outside receiver that he that he kind of went with and looked at mm-hmm. that it didn't matter. He's so intentional. He is so, so fast. I wonder, and I'll I'll look this up. I'll look this up maybe before we preview the Georgia game. I wonder how many drops he's got this year because I seriously can't name like three. Maybe, seriously, he he might have a couple. Early season, right? Yeah, like against Pitt, I think there was like a higher ball um, that he had a chance on, but he's so intentional. The work, dude that they, you know, they talk about it a lot. How many they caught in just on the machine with the quarterbacks, everybody seemingly bought in, sign up and come play in Knoxville. And I know we've got some receivers that I'm excited about, frankly, For sure. but how we don't have more, boy,
0: boy, Carnell boy, boy.
1: Tate. Carnell hey, Tate. buddy, mm-hmm. Carnell Tate. Yeah.
0: So about this, this touchdown play that you're talking about. So this outside backer is six to seven yards off, off the ball. And he is inside leverage on Hyatt, and Hyatt gives him a move that you would give most corners when they're on press. Yeah, and this guy is flat-footed. Yeah, and Hyatt's like, "Bing ball. watch this!" Deuces. Yeah, deuces. And obviously, now part of this this play is because there was no <laughs> over the help, <laughs> over the top help. But anyway, I mean. The, if we think about this, if we, if, if he can put up some decent numbers, you know, 40, 50 yards against Georgia, what is he going to do against South Carolina? What is he going to do against Missouri? What is he going to do against Vanderbilt?
1: Not much. Cause squirrel white and the second team will be in by halftime. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just going there.
0: Well, you know, I mean, at this, I mean, he's been, he's been good for one score. I mean, Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. So absolutely. But I mean, seriously, if, if things go as they've gone, the second team will be in early
0: third quarter if, if they want to be. Yeah, absolutely. So, we, we've touched on it just for a second, but the offensive line, man, playing play out of their minds. Uh, I, 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 again, we said this on, a, on previous episodes, position of concern going into the season, not knowing you know, who that left tackle spot is. And <laughs> Darnell Wright is, again, he's, he's making money. Dude is money. making money props to uh, Carvin and uh, Javante Spragans and, and Mays. I mean, we just, we got a unit. We have a unit. We don't have, yes, like we, a, do. we don't have a position group. We have a unit. And oh I, man, we I, sure I'm, do. I'm tickled. Oh, absolutely. They,
1: they play through the echo of the whistle every single snap. They help each other. They communicate. Cooper is, is, so vital to the tempo and the communication aspect of it and how we move as quickly as we do when we do, because we've slowed it down. You You remember last year listening to commentators in games, they would talk about, and this was later in the game, maybe even maybe even the first time they mentioned it was the bowl game, but they would talk about how it was time. Tennessee's mindset was it's time to end this drive, get in the end zone, in the drive. Do you remember that? Yes. Yes. That is not a thing. If if the numbers say to run the ball because they're focused on the outside,
0: mm-hmm.
1: they're taking advantage of it. Where they didn't last year. We didn't run the way that we've ran this year.
0: Right. If the
1: numbers say, hey, they're watch out, they're they're kind of heavy in the box, we're taking full advantage of it in the past game. Mm-hmm. But we didn't we didn't capitalize the way that we could have, and we are this year in the run game last year. So Again, steps like that are how you sustain programs and yes. multiple successful seasons, not just one run. Those are the things that carry you to to longer term success. Mm-hmm. Um, because run game and defense will always travel. You're going to have quarterbacks probably generationally if you're recruiting well and performing well, like a Hendon Hooker has performed. But run game and defense and, and those things will travel every single year. They'll play. They'll show up every week if you've got it.
0: Absolutely, and you know there's some there's some dudes coming up on that offensive line to to be excited about, and you know if if we can put a guy like a Darnell Wright in in the league on a on a, on a day one on the draft, I mean that that's going to bode well for recruiting. Huge. So super excited for offensive line. Gonna need it come Saturday against dudes like Jalen Carter and and those dudes and Nolan Smith because that that club is elite. But so was the Cheetah package.
1: Yes, it was. It really was. It we're not. Yes, we've laughed at it, but it really, really was elite, and it's terrifying. Don't want to see it again. Probably probably will if we beat Georgia. But um, Nolan Smith is actually not looking like he'll play because of the pec injury. So that's one thing to keep your eyes on. Yeah. But the interior, I think this game is different because of the interior that Georgia has, where they don't have exactly Will Anderson, Dallas Turner. They've got dudes, but they don't have those dudes. Yeah. And they've only got ten quarterback sacks on the year, which is a little weird. But they, you know, they're still so disruptive. Um, they can be at least if if yeah. they're playing well and, t- and you know if Tennessee's line, offensive line doesn't make the challenge. Yeah. But um. But yeah, man, their offensive line is just the most consistent, probably most consistent and most solid group on this team.
0: Yes. Hey, speaking of the Georgia game, you guys be on the lookout for episode on Friday. We'll have Ryan Phillips back. Georgia fan. He he requested. He reached out to us. He's like, "Hey, you guys got to get me back." Your wish is our command, my my dude. About said bro and dude, and it came out that (laughs) hey, we're about to talk and Hooker, and I just I just need to throw something at you because I I went and looked this up the other day, and I went, "Are you telling me there's a chance?" So, twenty twenty two year gone. Yeah, twenty twenty two eligibility gone. Yeah, twenty twenty, nope, COVID year. Okay, 2019, he registered a bunch of stats. I'm pretty sure he he started that year. So, eligibility, oh, yeah. eligibility gone. I'm holding up three fingers. Okay. okay. 2018 was his true freshman year at Virginia Tech. His only stats are four carries, 57 yards. Did he play in more than four games? Because if he didn't, did they redshirt him? And if they didn't, I need to find that head coach and go slash his tires because – we could potentially be looking at Hendon Hooker 2023 if that was the case.
1: Man, I I hear what you're saying, but his his draft status has like taken the the opposite Will Levis trajectory. Man, you know, I, Listen. and I I would I would give body organs to have him back next year. I truly would. I'll never be able to put in words my love for Hendon Hooker, but he's got to make that money and capitalize. I hear you.
0: But we're in a new age. We're in a new age. You see, we new, are. And you just said it. He's got to make that money. You're right. Some dudes are getting drafted and taking pay cuts.
1: You're right. You're absolutely right. It's been happening in Tuscaloosa for a long time. <clears throat>
0: so, yeah. so, you, so you mean to tell me, if 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 the Tennessee fan base found out that he was considering going pro because he wanted to secure the bag, you you mean are you? You mean to tell me our fan base is just going to sit back and oh say, oh, man, go get your money. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be like, bro, we need to put together that GoFundMe right now. Right, right. now. Start that thing. We get Hooker back 2023. <laughs> I just want to know if Hooker redshirted in, in 2018. That's really all I want to <laughs> know. Because yeah, you're, you're right. A, because there is – there's technically, if that's the case, he's available. I'm just saying. You're right. But Hendon Hooker does his – does the Hendon Hooker thing again, does the Heisman thing again, 19 for 25. This, this completion to attempt ratio that he's putting on, his completion percentage, bro, is just mind-boggling.
1: It's 245 stupid.
0: 245 yards, three scores, QBR with a low of 89.9. Not good for a hooker, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, just continues to, to do the thing. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm watching Ohio State on Saturday, and C.J. Stroud, if I remember right, had a good day. Let me just compare these numbers real quick, see if I can pull this up. 26 for 33, 354 yards, but only one score. We have played better defenses than Penn State. 100%. And I th- I mean, let's just take Alabama for a second. I mean, that's that's an elite defense. It's an elite pass rush. I mean, those, those, but we kept figuring out ways to match up Hyatt on Helms and did it good for five scores. I'm just happy to see several people say, you know what? No, it's not Stroud. It's, it's Hooker.
1: Yeah. The, you it's, know, it's the, the, he, he became, he, he usurped CJ Stroud in the, the Heisman odds Saturday. He finally took over the number one spot in the odds. Um, unlike the voters were afraid to do and put Tennessee at number two in the rankings, which we will talk about, whether it's on the, the Georgia preview or whether it's a rant at the end of this episode. It's what? a
0: rant at the end of this episode.
1: You've already got me pissed off. But he usurped CJ Stroud. That's the thing. When Stroud put up 354. I mean, he, he outdid him in, in yards by over a hundred. Hendon had him in the touchdowns and he's, he's, no matter what this season, he he could not play another snap and he's outrushed him already. He's out, he's outrushed him for touchdowns and yards. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's having that year, man. I mean, people are continuing to talk 2019 LSU. And I, and I, to this point I've said to the, you know, on the offensive side, maybe, but still they were so different. They were, they were, they were the greatest show on turf of the of the of the NFL and the Rams is what they were in college. Um, and and Tennessee's done things like that, especially against Alabama and Florida, and the way they've moved at times. It's just different though. It's different styles. Tennessee's defense would still have to continue to take steps and prove more consistency to be twenty nineteen LSU, but. No no one else is been, has been closer to 2019's Joe Burrow than than Hendon's played this year.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't really love that comparison. I just don't – I still don't think that's us. Oh, yeah. And, but I, I will say, if if you have to say, all right, who's the closest of oh, 2022 20, Tennessee? Nope.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Tw- yeah. Hendon Hooker, 22 Tennessee. There's nobody else that's this close.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, comments on Hooker? I mean, I, I know that Joe Milton got some time there towards the end. But I mean, <laughs> Kentucky's defense is good. It's good. De- it's a good defense.
1: It is a good defense. Um, that I, I I come back. Yeah, he was he was finding open guys, delivering the ball well. That that speed option touchdown run though, that was nifty, and mm-hmm. that that was just beautiful. And like a, it, you know, when the competition because you've got one more game, against stout competition in Georgia. Missouri's defense is, is stouter than it was, but their offense. Isn't what we faced and will face. That's going to be as close to a little baby Heisman moment as you can get over these these non huge games. Is is that speed option run that he had? It was just nifty and yeah. It was an important stat, just to be frankly on and honest.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, regarding the words hooker and Heisman, he's got a dude's got a chance to win it on Saturday. He's absolutely. got a chance to win it absolutely on Saturday if he goes Certainly. in. If he goes in and does. I think something similar, 19 for 25. Of course, I think I think that number is going to be higher. I think that yeah. number is going to be higher. 100%. Let's say he does something like – because he's average I, – I think Florida was like 22 for 28. Yeah. He seems to be right around that five, six, seven marker on incompletions. If he yeah. does that, let's say he's 27 for 34, 35, 3, 15, three scores –
1: He's won it. I mean, he's won
0: it. Um, because you've now done it against a good Kentucky defense. You've now done it against Georgia. You've now done it against uh, Florida. You've done it against Alabama. I mean – LSU. LSU. I mean, goodness. What else do you want him to do?
1: Yeah, there's nothing else you can have him when, do.
0: When, when C.J. Stroud's going to play his first game in week 14. So, Whatever. Yeah. Hey, any other thoughts there on on Hooker as we begin to land this orange cast?
1: Nothing else on Hooker other than I love you, bro.
0: I love you, bro. I'm, I'm I've asked my family for a Hendon Hooker orange jersey for Christmas. That's what I want. Sure, hope my family is listening. Sure, would be a shame if they are not listening right now. Tweet, tweet, calling all tuckers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm pissed as we begin to land this. Ah. Yeah. I have never in my life of of following this sport, of playing NCAA 14, of (laughs) NC other NCAA, of 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 seeing a tie in the AP top four. If that doesn't scream, we were just not yet convinced of Tennessee. It's that tells me you look at the brand. I, if you were to look at this, if you were looking, okay, this, this team, said team, team A has played this team, this team, then here are the final scores, you know, and here's team B, you know, question mark on who they are. They've done this, this, and this. Are you seriously going to tell me? Are you seriously going to tell me that we've tied for, tied for, you've never done this in your Daggum history? I couldn't find it. I couldn't, I wouldn't look. I couldn't find it. Maybe I didn't nope. look very hard, but <laughs> I couldn't find it. But the Associated Press puts Georgia number one, I believe, and yep. Tennessee and Ohio State tied at two. And, and so I just have, I have two words that I want to say to the Associated Press. And I've said all season long, there are a bunch of dudes who really just don't pay attention or they're, you know, they're the beat riders for their own team, right? Which it's, it's just a messed up system, this, the same thing as it is for the Heisman. But here's what I want to say to the AP Top 25 this week. Screw you. Cause that's bull crap. That yes, is, it is. I mean, just, <laughs> uh, okay, whatever. I'll stop because it's, it's, it's not words that I can say.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. There was a guy that uh, Mike Berardino, I believe is his name. I can't remember exactly what he covers or who he covers. I think it's Notre Dame, but don't quote me at all. Do your own research there. Yeah. <laughs> in his poll, in his, what he submitted, he submitted Alabama three spots ahead of Tennessee. I mean, come on, dude. Just, just, give me a break. You know, I watched SEC final the other night, and everybody not. And when I watched, I know there's different, different talking heads at different points. The I watched the crew that was, uh, Takeo Spikes, and um, man, I'm just blanking on names. But Takeo Spikes, Ben no, Watson, Ben Tico Watson, Spikes, yes. Ben
0: Watson, Chris Doring.
1: Yes, Chris Doring, and I can't remember the uh, SEC Network, ESPN, you know. Yeah, actual anchor. I can't remember who that was. Might have been Noka, I want to say.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Um. Everybody not named Takeshi Spikes predicted Tennessee number one in the CFP poll, which I also think will happen. I'll be happy with two in that poll as long as it's not a tie. Sure. But number one seems fair and seems like what's going to happen. I just don't like it from the oh we're not number one. This is Georgia talking. That we're not number one. Watch us. We're going to prove to you that we're number one. That yeah. that's the only thing that I don't like. Yeah. But. Everybody but Takeo Spikes had Tennessee number one in their projected top six. Yep. There was a lot of shade to Clemson, a lot of shade to TCU. Um, and But the the overarching theme was Tennessee number one, their schedule, their strength of schedule, what they've done to those teams at times, winning all of their games, period. Tennessee number one is their projection.
0: Sure. As Listen, as far as this associated press thing and being tied at two, just go ahead and put us at three. Just – I would much yeah. rather you put us at three than tie us at two because you've never done that before. Yeah. And you're basically saying, we're not convinced of your brand yet. Yeah. And and I go back to, are is, is, is your poll a rankings or a ratings? Is it a mm-hmm. who you are or is it, a, is it a what you have done? Yep. And if it's a what you have done, then I don't know how you put us at three. Exactly. But if it's a who you are, Okay, go ahead and put us at three, put Ohio State two, whatever. I'm fine with that. I'm, but as far as this week goes, I really want us to be second in the CFP. Oh, yeah, and I, and absolutely. I want, and I want Georgia to be first. I want us in the locker room going, thank you for that locker room material. Appreciate that. Yeah. I don't want to give that to Georgia because Kirby Smart being the 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 son of Nick, you know, <laughs> being very good at finding every piece of motivation that he possibly can. I want you to eat. I want you to eat. Um, sorry, that was my best Kirby impression. <clears throat> but um, so just go ahead and put us at two. But as far as the AP top twenty-five, I have never said this. I have never felt this way. I have always not had a problem with preseason rankings. I've I've never had a problem with the AP, you know, top twenty five poll other than it's a bunch of clowns who do it, but you know, I've never really minded it. It it creates great conversation, that sort of thing. But after that, just stop just stop doing a poll. Just, just stop. I mean, yep. you, it's, it's been a long time since 1933 or whatever year it was when you did it for the first time. So just, just stop because that, that is a, I hope Hypel is holding that up saying they still don't respect you. Yeah. They still don't respect you. Should be and, an
1: easy week from that standpoint.
0: Yeah. And I, and I'm, and I'm looking if I'm hypo and I'm looking at these guys, I'm saying, I don't know what else, you know, they want you to do. I mean, because you just you just handled a top twenty team, forty four to six, mm-hmm. handled them. But anyway, beside the point. Hey, um, if you're if you're checking us out on Spotify and on YouTube, you're gonna begin to notice a couple of different changes that the Pandemonium Reigns podcast is bringing to you. So, a couple of weeks ago, we officially started naming these Tennessee dedicated podcasts as orange cast and mike has a apparently a good buddy not as good buddy as i am but a good buddy (laughs) who has come along and has provided a new image so now you will be able to visibly see orange cast and normal podcasts uh and dictate hey do i want to listen to them talk about tennessee or do i want to listen to them talk about everything else but uh we're going to give this dude a shout out so you you do your thing you got the platform like hype this guy up go follow him do the thing
1: My man, Josh Wilhelm, you just, first of all, go check out his website, jwcreates.com. It's, first of all, it is a beautiful, wonderful website. That's where you can find out everything exactly that Josh does. Look at that. I mean, just look at that logo. If you need (laughs) an idea of what Josh does, take a look at that beautiful orange cast logo. He did this. He's like, man, I think you guys would love this. You're spot on, my brother. We love it. Um, you can also find him on Instagram and Facebook at jdubcreates, jdubcreates, J-D-U-B. uh, d-u-b, if I could talk. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, he can do uh, album covers for you. He can do websites, graphic design, logos. I mean, he's a very talented, good, good friend of mine. Love you, brother. Thank you for the the logo. And check out jwcreates.com.
0: I'm trying to make my screen shareable here. Let's see if I can do this real quick. You can see my whole desktop right now, I believe. But there it is. That should be it right there. Is that the image? Can you see it? Um, No. I'm still seeing your face. What the okay. heck? Well, my face is beautiful, so let's not worry about it. It is. Um, it is.
1: Yeah, hit up jwcreates.com. Check them out on Instagram and Facebook at jdubcreates. And, man, hit them up with any needs that you got for graphic design, logos, album covers. I mean, my man is, is on point. Uh, level of details that I've not seen with anyone that I know on this level. So thank you brother for the logo. And we know you all will enjoy it as well.
0: Appreciate you, my man. So I was just thinking, you know, we need to start doing some t-shirts because J Dub just gave us an incredible image there. My wife does custom t-shirts. So I'll tell you guys what, um, you share this YouTube page to your Facebook or um, something on Instagram and, or TikTok or something, you share this somehow and we'll figure out a way to maybe get you a shirt with a custom logo on it. But I'm going to see if somebody does it. Absolutely. Maybe, let's see if somebody's listening this far into the episode. Hey, we need to wind this down. We got three minutes left to cut this puppy off. The Pandemonium Reigns podcast remains undefeated.
1: It sure does. It sure does. I, sure does. I mean – we yeah. we were talking about eight and four. We were worried about – I was worried about seven and five if things didn't go well. We were talking about eight and four, nine and three ceiling, ten and two if you lose to Alabama and Georgia. Eleven and one is the floor. And that weather – I mean, just regardless of the result Saturday is – it's one of those seasons where you see a coach have a remarkable turnaround from year one to two and Tennessee's experiencing it, and it could go very far. Uh, it's already gone farther than we think, but the still, the, there is no ceiling for this team. I mean, if they're if they're clicking, yeah, there's no roof. There's no limit.
0: absolutely. the It's so crazy to think about this where if we l- lose on Saturday, it's actually not the worst thing. It, it doesn't help that you still got undefeated Michigan, undefeated Ohio State, undefeated TCU, undefeated Clemson because that could play against us eventually but mm-hmm. even if we lose on Saturday we're not entirely out we're not out of the picture which I've, I've seen some Tennessee fans on TikTok saying hey kind of want to lose this game so we don't have so we don't go into Atlanta and lose that one and then really miss our chance in the playoffs but it's just crazy to think about being being 8-0 and talking about Heisman talking about award winners <laughs> I don't I don't know what to do with my hands bro no I man mean, not at all it's just a it's a it's a great it's a great it's a great time to be alive and to be a Tennessee fan because it has been a long time since 2008. It's been a long, long time coming, man. Long, long time coming. Long time. Long time. So, hey, thank you guys so much for listening out there. Make sure you're following, subscribing. I do want to mention on the last episode that we put out, we tripled our normal numbers, in, and so I just want to say thank you to you guys. Like I just came out of nowhere. Sure so pre- appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Make sure you're on the lookout for Friday's episode. Ryan Phillips, again, he'll be back with us. Uh, follow us or subscribe on Spotify. does it cost you anything. Subscribe to us on YouTube. does it cost you anything. Uh, if you do subscribe on YouTube, not only will Mike blow up your email, but he will he will send you like pictures of uh, it's the power tea cut into his chest hair. So. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day. Maybe one day when we can grow the chest hair. Right. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> hey, we love you guys. Have a fantastic week. We're eight zero. God bless and go balls.
1: range